0: You are now listening to. Well, well, oh, no. I'm feeling now. Like, oh my God! Did she just murder him? <laughs> oh no, it's Masandri. <laughs> yes, Masandri. Oh, oh poor man. Ladies, serial killers are, are the best. Best, best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? How big were her breasts? <laughs> Hey guys. Hello. Hello. hello.
1: We all back uh, yet again for another snack bite, postseason snack bite, that is. And some of you, I'm sure, are already aware why we are here, why we are back, what, taking some
0: time. What dare disturbeth our slumber?
1: What dare disturbeth the
0: fandom? <laughs> right.
1: And that is some motherfucking, some motherfucking news. Some motherfucking articles came out that have sent a section a section of the fandom into peril and despair, but we're just trying to, you you know what guys, it's pride. So I feel like last time we talked about this, we said we had that disco vibe where we were like, yeah, things can be a little rough. They can be a little stressful, but they're also super fun. And that's disco. eh. (laughs) Eh, eh. Terrence is shimming his shoulders, but listen, you guys, Why the fuck are you reading those damn articles? Why the
0: fuck are you reading (laughs) those articles?
1: Literally, Uh, the season just ended, but it's also just starting in the UK.
0: Gotta give a chance.
1: I did not know if you're going to do your lives after it. So with that being said, you guys, like at least half of this shit is going to be clickbait. Right? Just enjoy the ride. (laughs) No, but seriously, just enjoy the ride because people are gonna be out here saying some shit sometimes, some weird shit that maybe seems like, oh, what is that about? But it was probably, more than likely, misquoted. It no. was a misdirection. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're wondering for the listeners out there who have not had their day ruined by the Gay Times UK article that was sent to us about eight times over the social meets by different listeners,
0: that was a trash fire <laughs> of an article. It was.
1: But you know where you should be directing your angle to? Your disco anger? To that motherfucker responsible for it. What was his name, Terrence?
0: I had it queued up, but I lost it. <laughs> I'm pulling up my mentions. It should be rather Ooh. often in your mentions, actually. Ooh. The name was W.J. Connolly, William J. Connolly. <laughs> Why do you hate the gays, William?
1: Why did you set the fandom ablaze with your bullshit, William? Yeah, that was my bad riff. Oh, look at that waveform. Well, I like the riff. <laughs> the riff is fine. No, but really, William, what's up with that? What's your fucking problem? What the fuck you doing? Why the fuck you're playing these games, William? Taking quotes out of context, don't even have a leading question. What the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck, William?
0: It's not like the journalism. <laughs> it's really bad
1: journalism. And you ought to be ashamed of yourself in the month of the gay. And you are the editor of a
0: gay publication. What the fuck? So Might here's- as well be comicbook.com,
1: yeah. <laughs> oh. There's no reference for our listeners for comicbook.com. Unfortunately, unless you follow Nerd News and know that they will post just about anything. Irrelevant everything. Yes, that's comicbooknews.com. Trash fire.
0: Don't get caught up in the trash fire. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Seriously, But before we
1: get into how bad that article was... Let's start with the good news. The good news of the article stuff that came out this week for Killing Eve. And that is Killing Eve has closed out its second fucking season with the highest season over season growth of any returning TV drama in <sighs> yes. three years. That sounds about right because I don't think a single one of us who watch and love the show have been able to shut the fuck up around our friends and loved ones who haven't seen the show and been like, yo, fix your life. What? TV, watch that shit.
0: TV done right? What? What? It's a thing, it's happening entertainment.
1: Yes, and so it's saying that, y'all, these press releases that season two of Killing Eve has averaged 1.8 million viewers per episode, which is up 87% from last season, where they were averaging just over 900,000. So shout out to everyone who has been participating in just increasing the fervor of the show online, with your family and friends, obligating your people to watch it, because we succeeded, you guys! We did it! Yeah! I love it, There was also another recently published article in Variety that was entitled Pose and Killing Eve Bosses on Tackling Real World Consequences. And that was another good read if you guys want to check it out. There's not actually any stuff, right, that was relevant to the show per se. I think the showrunner for Pose got a little bit more in In depth depth, in terms of talking about the process of writing for the show and understanding the importance of representation and what they do. But you guys should check out the article if you want to get into a little bit of the headspace of Fanel and what she was thinking about while doing Killing Eve season two. Overall, it's a nice informative read if you're interested in the creative process for some creatives working on TV. But I guess we should just get to what has people fucking stressed out it has people stressed out, Terence, And that is
0: a Gay Times UK article. I don't know much about the gay scene in the UK, but I'm hoping that if you are a contributing uh, blogger for such an article, that you would champion uh, all things uh, gay and lesbian. At least I would think or hope. Well, I don't know that the article is
1: not championing all things gay I think it's throwing an amount of shade that is the size of a of a moon onto the show. Well first let's get into the rhetoric of what was said before we even talk about this actually being the article writer's fault.
0: The first season of Killing Eve took the world by storm and left audiences eagerly awaiting its return for a second outing. Alongside the dangerous game of cat and mouse between Investigators Eve and murderous Villanelle, fans began to question if the show could explore the sexuality of its leading ladies. And could that possibly mean a romance together? It's a discussion that the show stopped. Why your accent because just switched mid-read. I remembered that he said it's his favorite show to watch on the telly, so I had to... Well, this is really reading like, dear manager, I was just having a great time uh, perusing your establishment when I was accosted by this person I was trying to interview about possible uh, gay trysts with characters in her show. And she re- retorted to me, you guys are tricky because you want to make it into something, but it just isn't.
1: Well, that this is-, is a
0: loaded, loaded quote.
1: It's a loaded quote. It is because on its face, on just off hearing it, first off, you're like, oh, that's unpleasant. And that makes me feel away. which is why I feel like having thought about it for a little bit of time now that that is by design. Because, again, this is the Gay Times UK. This isn't The Washington Post. This isn't goddamn Daily News. It's not a basic, often problematic outlet. It's not just some random het who's out of touch. Presumably, and doesn't know what phrasing certain things and putting them a certain way will matter to a certain demographic of of the show, the queer demographic of the show, watching the show. And so that's why I'm like, this shit is inflammatory, actually. And the smoke that people have for potentially the actresses who are obviously not quoted within context should be for the writer who decided to do that in the first fucking place while it just it doesn't fit. And people should have energy for fucking William because it's, it's appropriate. My energy is for him. My energy is not for Sandra O. Oh. have been a Sandra O's oh fan since really the year 2000. I mean, I'd seen something of her in the 1990s, but I would say that it was like her indie run in the early 2000s that really locked me in. And as far as I've been aware, since the bitch been around the scene in New York, she's not displayed any type of homophobic issues or things right. that would indicate bigotry or lack of intelligence about nuance where where sexuality is concerned or nuance of story. So I'm not just going to suddenly believe that for the Gay Times UK, not only did Sandra Oh spoil the shit out of season three. Well, folks, forget about it. Take yourselves home. It's never going to happen. That would be absurd. Just logistically, that would be really silly
0: to do for your show.
1: Right. I, so I think at the end of the day, we have to say clickbait.
0: Like I, have I was going to take they a nap and then I read that. And I, was, I had all the energy in the world. I was like, OK, so what we doing? What's I, was happening? Just, I was just What's bopping around, on?
1: bopping around life, taking a break from work. And then I was like, what are all these notifications? And I was like, wow, <laughs> wow. Mm. I actually used that GIF on Twitter from Community. With, yes, the worst timeline. I was like. With Donald Glover, where I was just like, wow, okay, everything's on fire. People are upset. Why are they mad? Who's at fault? William. <laughs> yep. Why you did this to Sandra? Oh, she did not deserve this type of negative energy. Gay Times UK. You don't have a lady writer? You don't got no one on the staff? That's a woman?
0: Right, I would have loved would have loved to see
1: a woman, a queer woman, interview over the phone or Skype, whatever, however this happened. Sandra O and Jody, and I wonder just in and of itself how that might have changed the conversation.
0: Oh, I'm pretty sure a man on the phone would change the tone, especially if he's asking sexual questions. I I mean, he was.
1: There is a chance, large chance, that he identifies as queer, but we know that the perceived gender of whoever's asking questions does change responses. And, you know, that actually brings me to something that I saw some people mentioning, like the male gaze. Like, oh, the male gaze, you have to be careful of the male gaze and exploitation. And I just think that's a really interesting concept because, yeah, there's some things to be said about the male gaze. And maybe if you're talking about Baywatch <laughs> in the mid-90s or, or certain shows that are exploitative. Actually, this whole the whole conversation around the male gaze, the quote-unquote male gaze, has always been an interesting one to me because it reminds me of what happened to my friend when she was doing her thesis painting before she was getting her degree. And she, it was a painting that had to do with, well, it was a painting that featured mermaids or the idea of mermaids, mermaids of color, ideally off the coast of, you know, somewhere in Southeast Asia. And they were on rocks and some of them were in water. And as you might imagine, the mermaids were topless because they're mermaids and who needs clothes? Who needs polyester if you're a mermaid? And her teacher, her professor was a woman and accomplished. And she said to her, you know, this painting is gray, the textures, whatever. But what's up with the male gaze, essentially? And she was like, the male gaze? It's my gaze. I am queer. I enjoy seeing women's bodies and I'm painting them based off bodies I've seen, based off a body that's mine based off a person I'm attracted to whatever the fuck but her teacher was saying that by virtue of these women being naked in this scene I'm automatically applying the male gaze because of just the history of exploitation and what that means but I'm like at what point are people going to start to acknowledge that a beautiful woman an attractive woman and a woman that creates arousal or interest is not just for men if you see an image with a woman and it seems kind of sexy you're like for the male gaze that's <laughs> problematic that's super problematic especially if some of these the creatives behind said thing are women themselves. That's not to say that there isn't a conversation to be had about internalized misogyny and pick me's and all that. But, but, but just because something is salacious and sensual or overtly sexual in terms of like here are these body parts, why must we always default to the male gaze that is when there's plenty question. of bitches who find other women attractive and are interested in seeing women, women's bodies, women's whatever, like it's it's real.
0: Uh, well, I think um yeah there's an issue with uh, centering and championing the gaze of a female who likes a female only because it doesn't read as the norm. We were talking mulling over the male gaze and oh yes, yeah, so the male gaze. Uh... Why is it someone why why is it the standard? Why has it been? Why is this something that we need to watch out for, look out for? Why even treat it as a factor, especially when it comes to a show created literally by a woman starring women? directed show ran by women. And so
1: really that to me comes from assumptions that if you see yes. a naked woman and you're like, well, she's naked. I feel a way this is exploitation. It's got to be the male gaze. That's not what works for me. I don't like that.
0: I, I don't like it at all because it's inaccurate at the same right. time. Why, suddenly... why? Yeah. Why even consider the male at all? If There's not a male on screen. I mean, for all we know, this scene that we're talking about, that's baiting someone is probably baiting the woman who likes women uh if there's no conversation about a man happening at that time we you know like the bechdel test like Mm -hmm. it. sometimes men are just not a factor and that's okay actually more often than not it's more than okay so you know we could just have more of that we'd appreciate it we just need to throw out these archetypes
1: of yore because they don't always apply and as we get into more nuanced and ultimately subversive media and content that more and more will feature queer characters in a space that isn't like, oh, we're ready to U-Haul and have babies and be an absolutely
0: monogamous, dedicated, healthy, a couple to look up to you know so we hope uh by the time you get this episode there's a i don't know some answers an, an addendum some sort of apology i don't even think there needs to be an addendum i really don't
1: if anything from william I, yeah that's why i'm saying fans who are upset do not think that suddenly you've seen a new side of sandra oh that's absurd this is clickbait but also how can you even be concerned when all of the the promo
0: for killing you season two in the uk is so
1: freaking is gay so that they didn't even cute. bother with that shit across the
0: pond they knew they we weren't bother. ready has anyone seen my girlfriend have you read all, read all of those like little boards and then the one with the phone number when oh actually, yeah. a I it's see I thought you were special them. so there's ones yes. like have you seen my
1: girlfriend I thought you were special and then there's looks like it's in handwriting saying Villanelle this needs to stop call me and there's a number and if you call that number this is what you hear you have reached the
0: voicemail of E. Villanelle, stop it. <laughs> Please leave a message after the
1: tone. I mean, I just want to say that I don't put this message past Eve because it's messy as fuck. It's messy as fuck, but also, wow. <laughs> like, that's, that's some Eve energy where she's so desperate to get a message to Villanelle that she leaves it within her own voicemail. To be like, listen, bitch,
0: stop. Villanelle. Villanelle, stop. <laughs> just imagine anyone else potentially calling
1: Eve to be like, girl, what? You leave a message to your girlfriend in the voicemail?
0: I mean, I've left personal voicemails. To the voicemails. point of no return. I'm just saying.
1: So the advertising is pretty overtly queer in the UK. They're getting all kinds of billboards. They're getting song dedications. They're getting goddamn pilastri voicemails. And so I don't think, you guys, the evidence does not show that anyone to do with Killing Eve is shying away from the relationship aspect of the show. What they seem to be taking dispute with is people's assumptions that it will be A romance that ends happily? But again, we're here to dispute that people think that. Perhaps some, but I feel like the majority of us are just like, give us that dark dirty. Give us that deep dive into tragedy that we're looking for with these two women who have so much chemistry and volatility built up between them that it is intoxicating to watch. Romance, I don't know why people keep trying to define it as some sort of cutesy thing or Ross and Rachel thing. Ain't nobody said that. Nobody said anything about a traditional cutesy romance, but also we're not interested in that whatsoever. We're interested in the dynamic between Villanelle and Eve, period, and how that goes and what it leads to with regards to the evolution of their specific characters and characterizations. But I wouldn't say that I'm looking for some Nicholas Sparks Hmm. motherfucking ending for these bitches, because in general, I don't watch those endings. It doesn't matter if it's a het couple or a queer couple. The likelihood that Candace is going to want to sit down with some little House on the fucking Prairie shit, (laughs) unless I'm watching it with my mama, it's a no. It's a hard and fast fucking no. I like the edgy shit.
0: Yeah, so if we could just stop assuming that we want, I don't know, like you said, Lifetime, Nora Roberts, or like whatever, they think this is like some Disney fairy tale thing. Just look at the wordage here.
1: And while any hint of a romance between the pair is off the table. Como, how is that the case? When the whole show is about a type of romance, and really, I just wanna get to the heart of what is a romance. I mean, romance in and of itself, like we said, does not indicate softness. It does right. not indicate health. It does not indicate a lack of toxicity. It's just a romance. And according to the definition of romance, it's either one, a feeling of excitement and mystery associated with love, two, a quality or feeling of mystery, excitement, and
0: remoteness from everyday life.
1: So what we're saying is, is what they've created between Even Villanelle from season one to season two is indeed a romance.
0: Now that, well, everyone's using their personal definitions of romance, and it's because of all the stuff that's been shoved down their throats, like all the Disney stuff, all the, you know, It's just everything that's quote-unquote conventional. So this is what it needs to look like. The BBC posted an article. I don't even know if you can really call it an article. It was more like an
1: aggregation of stuff people have said about the show and I'm sure it's probably because it's you know coming close to premiering in the UK it's on their website in the news entertainment and arts section and it's called Killing Eve Jodie Comer on the show's complex relationship and really when you read it there's a bunch of different quotes that's actually from several interviews they've given to a bunch of people that someone from the BBC is just like oh let's just cobble all this together Mm -hmm. and and have that be something and so in that own rundown They have statements about them being in a relationship, what season two is trying to explore about the relationship, and that there's no doubt that there's something happening between Eve and Villanelle that is both sexual in nature and mysterious. And I think the mystery kind of goes to the dark side. It goes to the murder and what other real motivations might exist for Eve outside of like catching an O. But if you guys check them out, they would appear to be in direct contradiction to what the Gay Times UK article is saying.
0: So there's the QTNAs for season three. The article written by Hypable: All the Killing Eve questions we need answered. Uh, Can (laughs) and under in under the byline it says, "Can Eve ever go back to her old life?" Well, why would she want to? Random. Have you not been reading the articles, Terrence? There's (laughs) plenty of reasons why she would
1: want to. Eve is a good person, and Villanelle's just been dragging her down. She's been dragging her down with her with her (sighs) black dark heart of manipulation.
0: That, that all sounds like a totally different show, but go off, I guess. <laughs> I'm just playing devil's advocate for oh. the people out there who
1: enjoy this perspective.
0: Villanelle's only there to be a foil and to be the one that shows Eve what it's like and that the grass isn't actually as green as she thought it was so that she could just go back when to statistically, her... The- The grass is greener. I just, I got to keep reinforcing science.
1: I'm a lover of science. Science still matters. All you flat earthers out there, guess what? Science still matters. And Mm. scientifically, statistically, in reality, when you engage in the sapphic activities, the likelihood that you will be brought into fruition and that you'll have a great time and have multiple O's is increased to the same degree that killing Eve has increased their viewership in season two, oh, so wow. I would just like you folks out there who are like, but why would Eve? Why wouldn't Eve? Why I mean, who wants Eve? to leave this earth without a without a completely all-consuming O? Is it right? Have you lived? Have you lived? Um, spoiler for Candace, that's a no. <laughs> it's like that line in Six Feet Under. We had, I think, we mentioned in one of those one of our early episodes where I was like. It's the concept of one of the characters, Claire, thinking she's had an orgasm, and she's talking to her friends. And they're like, "Girl, you sound like you haven't. Because if you did, you wouldn't be this fucking confused." That's what the fuck I mean. There's confusion prior to the O, and then clarification after the O. The bit's still confused because she has not let herself be clarified, and um, that's her fault. I
0: love the A little way bit Villanelle's fault, but yes, her fault too. Just looking for some clarification for our fellow watchers and listeners, because for (laughs) so many people who do not know what was happening, I'm still floored from people being confused with the bug. We got the head perspective and And, we were
1: shocked and awed at that time. And (laughs) I mean, it is what it is. But I mean, that's what's great about about any type of art, to be sure. And to be frank, is that. You can look at a piece of art and have your interpretation, like a book, a novel, a painting, whatever, a photograph. And you're like, this is what it means to me. This is what I see. And then someone else can look at that same piece of thing and be like, I actually see this whole other thing. And in a way, it's completely and totally valid. Now, will I argue with people about their interpretations? Yes, because that's fun. Yeah, that's called debate. But it is. I mean, that's all art is subjective. And so you can say that here's a primary directive. But can you ever really control what people think? Of course not.
0: Nah. All right. So getting back to this hypeable article, it's oh, yeah, just you could just run through their little list. Yeah. Um. So the first thing is, it's asking the big ask is, uh, what was Eve recruited for? I mean, and then it's basically murmuring, "Catch over, bitches, fuck bitches." I'm <laughs> right. sorry. Is well, that like,
1: not mature? Or <laughs> I mean, I feel like
0: you know what? Yes. I mean probably uh, Carolyn was like, you know, you have potential to maybe one day be added to my hotation with the right grooming or whatever. Oh my God, Carolyn's rotation. Well, you know I mean, what? I'd take it.
1: <laughs> you never know. I would take that Carolyn hotation dump. And you know, it would be on the same level of angsty sex as Villanelle and Eve because Eve has a lot of pent up feelings, upset feelings. But like Villanelle, I feel like Carolyn would put that work on Eve because oh, she's yes. got all those years. You know what I'm saying? And that's what's attractive about dating older women or like milfs I guess not that an older woman has to be a milf per se but just that whole dynamic is that Eve she gonna take you to school and to
0: church right she gonna be like I'm gonna show you the J money or like whatever it is it's gonna be like.
1: might be more dangerous than a villanelle
0: actually yeah oh I'm just saying that I'm sure Carolyn got that smoke
1: (laughs) she got that sexy smoke
0: you know Eve uh, in my younger days I was known as the Grasshopper. Like, Why the <laughs> fuck would you say that? <laughs> what? What? I mean, I was thinking of a species that sort of, when they were finished with the male, they wouldn't always survive. I was thinking that was grasshopper. Maybe it was more I think like you're talking about a
1: praying mantis.
0: Ooh, praying mantis. A bug that. Yeah. Or Black Widow, right?
1: Exactly. You want one of them insects that got no chill.
0: Oh, I like those answers. And then the second question is, who does Constantine really work for? Everybody, himself, nobody. Is he a triple agent, double agent, all, this uh, stuff. Mm. all the stuff? All everyone,
1: including himself. <laughs> oh. It depends. It depends <laughs> on the day with Constantine. That's what I say.
0: Um, and then we get the question of. Who are the 12, which is basically the MacGuffin? Because, you know, we got Nada. And then for some reason, they added here, can E he return to her old life? Bitch! Who? And then I'm trying to figure out, why is this on this list? Um, Does who Does she want to? And then Nico <laughs> is still trapped. I mean, actually, I do
1: care, because you know I want that evisceration oh, yeah. scene. I want Nico to be like never gonna get it we're done this is used up like everything (laughs) you thought you had here is now over i'm gonna learn to move on with my stash and a new woman because you've so thoroughly traumatized me you and your girl
0: rather i'd be barren than to consider (laughs) spending another day another moment in the same space as you but what i want my inner palastri wants nico to then now be obsessed with villanelle
1: stop it cut it out everyone disregard pretend like you didn't just hear what Terrence said because it is irrelevant. I, no. You
0: would forget your captor? No! You would forget no. the person who locked you in a storage container? No, bitch, I would leave. Container. I would
1: be in the Bahamas. You I would, would lock- leave.
0: Oh, you you think him low of pride? Like he doesn't have anything to prove? That he doesn't want to try to why get why her he back? I don't know why he would get an
1: obsession with Villanelle for what? What is that going to do for him? She better with the straps. She better at all the stuff. I don't understand well, yes, why the obsession. Better. But why would he obsess? At what point would that make sense for him? To be like his wife. He doesn't have those tendencies. He needs to just be one and done. Like you killed my Gemma. I didn't think I was going to have a relationship with her, but she was my friend. She was my work wife and you killed my work wife. So that has to affect him intensely because Gemma has been someone he's been reaching out to for a decent amount of time. And now that his friend is gone, even if he wasn't going to take that friend to the next level, like he indicated with Villanelle, she's still gone and he needs to be proper fucked up off that shit because he's not Eve. He's not someone who can just disregard someone onto the side and it's fucking fine. It matters to him. And so I feel like he needs to see his wife clearer than ever in a way that doesn't allow for love where he was like, I still love her. She's my wife. He needs to get to the point of, no, I don't because she's a fucking monster. Or even mm. if I do, I don't want to because she's a monster and I'm not going to give in to these feelings of, of love and romance because she uses me. And he would be correct. She's not a good wife. She's not an honest wife. So she doesn't you, even eat his food. She gives it away to her coworkers. She does. And so what's, what's really going on, Nico? Go, but you know what, Nico? You got to love you. And you need to stand up for your fucking self and go get someone who appreciates your self-worth. Because that's not what's happening with Eve. And you need to move on. I want Nico so, to go right. off and be and healthy and with somebody else.
0: That's what you want? You want a one and done or two and done? Like episodes one and two or whatever? He one gets to finally see Eve. Because we got to find out how Screw Nico you. gets out the
1: storage closet. Right. And Eve is shot. And if they, you know, if they don't do some sort of time jump, then Nico has to see Eve. He has to resolve that because it just has to be. He has to be like, you know what happened? (laughs) Gemma! Gemma's dead, Eve! And it's your fucking fault. Even though Gemma being dead is also his fault because way to fuck up the answers, it is entirely Eve's fault, really, because Villanelle was brought into the orbit by Eve. And even though she knows how dangerous Villanelle is, even though Constantine was like, remember the Alamo? Remember Anna? <laughs> she had no concern for Nico. Where was the private detail? Where was the security?
0: Oh, uh, he Remember, she was home. like, I need yeah. security.
1: That was in episode two, episode one and two. Where were the security at? What happened to dude? What was that dude's name in the kitchen? Right. Who saw the fight? We ain't never
0: see him again. Yeah, no, They had the like, fight and done. he
1: disappeared. So I
0: don't know. See, she want Nico to be on some... I wish I was as good at sniffing out psychos as you were. Then maybe we'd have never got married. That's what she wants. She <laughs> she wants evisceration for Eve. Oh me? Yes, you.
1: <laughs> that's not. That's not. That's
0: not good enough. Oh, see, I she want... wants it. See, right? She wants a cutthroat.
1: Yeah, I want that evisceration. I want that that intense dark energy. As I mentioned, the girlfriend experiment season two, on the one half of the story that involved the, the two women dating it. There was some pretty intense evisceration and it was not pleasant to endure as a viewer, but that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy the ride of complicated fucked upness that was involving three women. Okay, Mm. here's a sex worker. Here is the person paying for services. Are they developing something? Here comes the rogue X, who is also a woman coming in. And now the dynamic is super fucked up. What's going on? Bitches are dropping to their knees. I mean, if you want to see multiple bitches drop to their knees and be like, well, 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 you can check out The Girlfriend Experiment season two. I warn you now, if you're looking for a happy ending, bitch, oh, do not. If you're looking for something not toxic, bitch, that's not the show for you. <laughs> I forgot my point of even bringing up that story. It's gone.
0: Uh, well, we were just bringing up degrees of evisceration that, you know, we would love to right. see. That was my point. Uh, like that
1: bitch ends up in a pile of trash in a fetal position by the time the show is done. You could have hoped for something nice with the girl, but it leaves you, the viewer, on red. You're like, okay, oh no. is this what's happening? She lost everything? <laughs> <laughs> mm. And she's in the fetal position in the trash? No, boy, no. Outside? For just anyone to walk up and be like, who's this woman in the fetal <laughs> position on <under> the <laughs> trash? Because that's how bitches be fucking you up. That's actually... That brings me back to what I was saying to a listener today about Villanelle and why she's all fucked up is that it was those it was those hotel O's because it furthered her delusions because that bitch Eve couldn't say nothing in return. So whatever she was assuming during all those conversation O's, it just that's how you get to Alaska
0: the next day. Well, yeah, that's how you just
1: leapfrog over reality into fucking Alaska. But
0: Even before the bug sex, it was all the voice messages,
1: all those voice messages, Eve. I mean, she was worried, <laughs> but it's. I'm not, was... but I'm not even concerned about Eve because Eve's got a. She's got an issue. She's in denial. We're talking about villain now. No, and but Wild her Villa
0: listening now. to all those voice messages in her bunk or her bed. Yes, that's
1: the catalyst with the the voicemails, but literally. The bug sex. I am quite sure at that moment she did not feel any more confident than she could have felt to be like everything that I'm thinking, everything that I'm doing is working, and I'm I know for a fact she's on the under end of this bug doing some fucking some nutty stuff. And the next morning she was she was a mess. She was completely and totally sprung. And my new theory is that you, you know, Villanelle should watch the fuck out for having sex with Eve because I don't know she can handle that shit. I don't know. I don't think she that ready. You no, know, <laughs> what's gonna happen?
0: Oof, bringing the U-Haul. Okay,
1: that's what you call a hot mess. And unfortunately for Villanelle, she was so sprung off the most that she just decided to go with the ridiculousness in her brain versus reality, which, you know, also connects back to the shepherd's pie. Because as we said, we were recapping season one. Eve don't like no shepherd's pie. I mean, if that's what they're telling us from the episode one, season one, when Bill and her are talking about lunch. And she's like, here, take this fucking shepherd's pie. And she takes his wife's food or whatever the fuck he brought in and Billy's a shepherd's pie. She can't possibly like shepherd's pie. That's something she's doing to placate Nico, which further illustrates Villanelle's delusions in a certain sense when it comes to Eve. Like, yeah, you know, a bitch's darker side, but I don't think you know what that bitch likes to eat. I don't think that's that's not where it goes. I don't. You're a
0: little confused. See, I like the headcanon now of a uh, villain now following Eve to work and seeing her trade her her shepherd's pie to somebody else. Sadly, <laughs> we did not get that scene because then maybe um. she'd have had
1: some sense. To not threaten Nico for the shepherd's pie, and you know, and Nico's actually a real bitch for that because he probably he probably knows in his head that she <laughs> don't even like it that much. I mean, I feel like I keep making it for her, and she she constantly leaves it in the Tupperware, and uh, she says she eats it at work, but she never eats it in front of me, and so <laughs> I don't know. But sure, Villanelle, you know everything about my wife. I mean, that could have given Nico some energy right. to be like, oh, Eve likes it. You don't know Eve at all, like Lord. But if but if you know Eve, why do you still make it? What does that make you, Nico? Well, that's the reason
0: why there's no energy.
1: So he probably thinks she likes it, but in that sense, he's as deluded or Villanelle's as deluded as Nico is, because
0: neither of them seem to know what Eve, Eve's palette Eve's is Eve's over there at that same exact moment going, I don't know. I don't Actually, know. it's all her, it's her
1: fault, too, because she doesn't clarify with her people she just she's Eve. She does what the fuck Eve's she Eve's gotta have it. <laughs>
0: Whatever the it is, she's just gotta have it. Uh, it's not shepherd's pie, though. Oh, yeah, definitely not that. I have random visions and dreams for this season, but I don't want to disappoint myself. So I'm trying to about just keep. Eve? Yeah, so I'm just trying to keep myself in the happy medium of just knowing that it's definitely coming, whether it's going to be super great or just kind of great. Yeah. So in addition to some of the
1: campaign marketing they're doing, looking at an article here. There's an excerpt that's like, fresh off the back of winning five BAFTAs, the new series of Killing Eve is returning to BBC One and iPlayer this Saturday. The Killing Eve 2 marketing campaign made by the BBC's in-house creative team, BBC Creative, takes obsessive behavior to a new level. The campaign sees MI6 agent Eve and psychopathic assassin Villanelle resume their game of cat and mouse through, quote, public displays of obsession that audiences can now see all around Sheffield on posters, BBC radio and social media. Alongside the ominous hashtag, hashtag crazy for Eve, Villanelle will bombard BBC Radio 1 with song requests for Eve, with the two writing back and forth to one another on billboards. Fans are invited to find all of Villanelle's billboards across the city, share their photographs online, and of course, call Eve Palastri's voicemail on 77 88 387 0 For UK fans that want to call and don't know the number, audiences will even witness Villanelle having a Twitter meltdown as she frantically looks for her girlfriend Eve, exceeding the maximum number of tweets allowed and being locked out of her account. The mutual obsession comes to a head in the shape of a TV and cinema clip based trail with elusive teasers foreshadowing the full launch trailer. Well, damn. I miss BBC all of them. No, it's in process. It's happening oh, right now. Okay. So someone is getting it. It's a difference of campaign approach from the u k to America. and I just feel like BBC, that's
0: not right. like <laughs> why
1: why why? It's like,
0: you guys get the show first, but we're going to roll out our show for when it's time for us to watch it. Like, sure.
1: sure. I mean, to be sure, they have to do something a little special for the UK because a lot of people have been bitching about the fact that it's in America first before... It is the UK, but also I have to assume it's because the BBC's team, like maybe they're because they're based out there. It's a lot easier for them to do guerrilla marketing, which is essentially what this is. It's Mm -hmm. guerrilla marketing, viral marketing, non-traditional marketing to get people's attention. And yeah, round of applause to you, BBC and Killing Eve, but also I'm salty. I'm not going to lie. I'm happy that I still get to see the images, but I would have liked to have been assaulted by billboards saying, where's my girlfriend? I thought you were special or whatever the fuck. While I was traipsing around New York city, Instead, I just got the one. I just got the one. Sorry, baby, poster. And it was great to see that big giant thing in Union Square and other places. We tried to take a picture and it was gone. New York doesn't have time for Uh shows that are beyond two weeks, I guess. Your big little lies, (laughs) baby. They were like, Moving the poster out of here, guys. It's gone. You can't take photos anymore. That's what's happening in the UK. Your UK fans are having a great ass time.
0: We're just Although, if you're listening stew. to this
1: podcast, what are you doing with your life? Because spoilers.
0: Oh, no, that <laughs> <Mad part>. spoilers. <laughs> I mean, let's say you know Pirate and then um, are supporting the official release because that was the, the trade-off to watch it ahead of everyone else. But to support it officially by getting the Blu-ray when it comes out and praying for deleted moments that we probably won't get. Well, the Blu-ray is actually already available for pre-order for those of us who do things like that. Like me. Uh, so, uh, you know, you can reach out to us at hey you guys at com. So if you plan on doing BBC, uh, if you plan on doing some major marketing and you need a guerrilla team here in the States so that we can, I don't know, get ready for the season three and you need some, I don't know, <laughs> you need some man and woman power to kind of spread the word and do some random things. Uh, we we may know some people. So, you know, have your people call call us and our people. You know, we might be able to get something going on. I just don't want to be left out. Oh. Crazy for Eve. I like it as a hashtag. Crazy
1: for Eve. We, they were like, you guys can't have that hashtag. <laughs> That's for the UK. Right, exactly. Bitch, watch me go to the hashtag anyway. You don't run me. You don't control me, BBC. <laughs> I do what I want. And we totally jumped ahead with it. But we really, as this episode be titled, what is romance? Like, what is a romance? How would you define romance, Terrence?
0: Uh, I'd define it as two natures, two beings, just fascinated with one another. And sometimes, you know what? It's not the most neatest kind of pairing. It's um, it's uh, almost an obsessive fascination. It could be. Um, I guess that's where I would go with it. It's taking a chance on having someone be into your your circle, your your groove, your vibe. Like your plus one, your entourage,
1: your thing. Indeed. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but I would say that it's the same in terms of what you're saying, that it's about largely a connection between two people and an exciting connection. Something that, as you said in a previous episode, takes you from black and white to color. It sort of reinvigorates your, your life or the meaning of life in some kind of way. And so, like, I think you could have a romance with an activity. You can be like, I really love playing the piano. Playing the piano is a is a romantic situation for me because I am completely enamored with how the keys feel, the weight of pressing down a key, using the pedal, tempo, all these fucking things. And you can extrapolate that to any fucking activity. Oh, playing a sport, I don't know, painting. Right. Any sort of thing that you can have a sort of connection with. And so that's not to say, I mean, because I I think rhetoric is super interesting and especially for English, there's so many ways to say things that for romance to be seemingly used by people is just like this one dimensional idea of like, well, if you say romance, you must also mean square or you must also mean typical or heteronormative or all those things. It's like, no, no, romance is the situation. And then whatever happens adjacent to it or parallel to it, that's what adds the color and the fullness to the romance or or describes the romance. What kind of romance is this? Is it healthy? Is it not healthy? Is it obsessive? Is it not obsessive? Whatever the fucking details are. That's how I feel about romance as well. And I mean, I'm just going to say right now, I feel like at this point it should be pretty obvious about me. But I like a good tragedy. I like some good angst. I love the opera and I used to go to the opera all the time. And I just, I love melodrama and tragic melodrama. It's why I enjoy so many plays. I mean, one of my favorite plays where I can almost recite it from memory, you guys, that's who's afraid of Virginia Wolf, And that, mm. that play is a play of evisceration. It's a play of, I am tearing you down in the most beautiful way possible i'm not even using a cuss word i'm just using linguistics i'm using my vocabulary and so for me it's not about having a romance that is as i said earlier a nicholas sparks romance or whatever lifetime movie because i actually reject those 100 percent it's about having a romance that i find intriguing and if it's gonna be tragic you're probably gonna get me to love it more i mean when i was a baby moulin rouge i
0: saw moulin oh, rouge no. so many times if
1: I could die I'm not gonna sing that but like, I'm if, not somebody gonna...
0: <laughs> just, if somebody could have just gave her some medicine like I would have I been alright it was it was back in the day they didn't have nothing for the bronchitis the show must go on like no what, 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 what yo you the show that's must one go of my on. favorite
1: parts the show No, let me see this is where the, <laughs> this is where the theater kid to, starts to pop out uh, but no like and mm. that's that movie was so was such a beautiful experience to me and of course they don't end up together spoiler alert if you're not seeing Moulin Rouge they don't Something bad happens, Nicole Kidman. It is not, <laughs> it is not what you want. We got Toulouse singing all drunk in the corner on the top of the fucking roof by the time the movie's done. But it was such a beautiful experience because you get what you want. You get passion. You get resistance. Obsession. So, guys, I just want... Shakespearean romance. It's okay. These bitches don't right. gotta live. I literally said an episode ago they could shoot each other while the shmang happens, and it would make sense to me in a certain kind of way because I fully expect mutually assured destruction. Like, either I have to take you out because I just cannot stand stuff, or people have to take us out because now we've linked up in some fucked up sort of way and people are like, no, 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 no. Uh, What is this? Assassin bitch squared? (laughs) Fuck that. We have
0: to stop these hoes. Oh, yeah, poor Martin. So you're just going to take one obsessive psychopath and put her in the same room in the same car for two and a half hours with another obsessive psychopath and just hope for the best? (laughs) Was that the plan?
1: It's the same (laughs) reason why I liked Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive is not... I mean, there's plenty of reasons why I like Mulholland Drive. Aesthetics, acting, all that kind of stuff. Mystery, surrealism. Those are all things that appeal to me. But as I mentioned before, Naomi Watts playing that, what is ultimately a super tragic and fucked up role with a woman she's entangled with. What most intrigued me about that masturbation scene. And I don't know. You can correct me. Anyone in the room who might know this might not be true. But I cannot think of another film. And I have seen a lot. As you guys know, I've made my way 70% way through the Criterion. And if you guys have looked at the Criterion collection, there's a lot of fucking movies. I've been on this journey since high school. <laughs> and I am still, they keep adding new titles. I'm never going to be done. It's never going to happen. But I try to think to myself, Candace, how many of the things you've seen can you compare a scene where you have a woman masturbating, number one. So it's an unabashed display of sexual desire. And then you have the fact that she's masturbating about a woman. And so that's unabashed display of atypical sexual expression in terms of a woman wanting a woman and then three you have this like this despair and this degrading thing attached to what is normally supposed to be a pleasurable situation actually in a way this applies to even and villanelle in a certain shade because it's like she's having you know hate sex with herself she's like i i love this woman i want this woman i can't have this woman i hate the fact that i still have all these other affirmatives want love need can't have And the can't have is resulting in this actual abuse of my own nethers because I'm so angry but also so desperate for this oh and I cannot imagine this toxic woman that's in my life I mean just from a film lover's perspective interesting women perspective I was like I've never seen this before I've never seen anything like this on the screen and I'm pleased to see it had nothing to do with the fa- of course those bitches those nothing can work out for those bitches they basically tell you that bitch Betty she's in a fantasy hoe you started the movie thinking she was in a healthy relationship and now you see that this nope. bitch is actually in a dirty apartment she got dirty underwears on and she's angry masturbating things have gone left for betty and i was still gooch i was gooch with that story because it felt authentic because it felt impassioned and full of despair and angst in the way that i like i mean if anyone out here like Shakespeare, how do you not like a little bit of tragedy? I'm just with your I'm romance. A, just, a little bit. of, a little bit of fucked bit. We were
0: ushered in with tragedy coming up in school. We we there was no way you were getting through an English course in middle school without reading up on Actually, any yeah, of the tragedies. Yeah, when I was in middle school and high school, that's when we
1: had we were having the resurgence of all things Shakespeare. Where you know it was it, it was too much because you got like the good shit, which would be Claire Danes and Leonardo DiCaprio in *Romeo and Juliet*. By Boz oh, yeah. who also did Milan Rouge, and it looks great. The tone was great. The chemistry between the actors were great. But then you know what they also did, which people may not remember or know about, and why should you? Oh, with Josh Hartnett and Mackay Pfeiffer, <laughs> Othello, but like a basketball team, oh, and Julia Stiles.
0: Yes, what was going was like, on? Yo, how, what are you doing? What's going I was like, on? I like, Julia, how did they get you to. <laughs> don't talk to me about julia Stiles. i'm not gonna go into
1: that the fans oh, don't my, deserve to hear my, my rant about my that heart. they don't need to hear that we're just gonna skip over what happened uh. there
0: <laughs> i was
1: we were like oh uh. jesus
0: oh lord but yeah mm. Mm. Mm.
1: another tragic film gay film that i super love that doesn't there's no happy ending in sight. especially because it's based in the time of the holocaust is amy and jaguar it's a german film and it's based on a true story about two bitches who were in love. One is Jewish, one is German. And initially the German bitch doesn't know the bitch is Jewish. And she's like, well, whatever. And then she finds out. And there's literally one of the best acting scenes I've seen. I had said that back then when I originally saw it many, many years ago. And I would say that now, that the acting is, is quite impressive. And it's a horrible film in the terms of how it makes you feel at the end. But the journey, the journey that you have with the characters is what is worth it. And that is what I want to keep stressing with Villanelle and Eve. The journey, the journey is what I'm having fun with. Not the destination necessarily. So again, I just feel like, guys, we're here to, to say calm down and to rejoin the disco because...
0: It's World
1: Pride NYC! It's literally Pride Month. It's June. It's June. Are you really gonna let William take you off your happy vibes, ladies? And friends, what did we say? Revisit your favorite scenes.
0: Revisit your favorite scenes.
1: <laughs> we said, watch the door-o's. Watch the door-o's, yeah. Never forget how Eve described Philomel to the sketch artist. That shit was super gay, super gay. It didn't make any sense even to the artist or Bill, who was like, I see you. I'm a queer and I see you. My gaydar is Mm live. And if anyone would have an accurate gaydar on Killing Eve, wouldn't it be Bill? Don't mess with Bill. (laughs) Even though Bill's dead, Bill's dead, Bill's dead. She had cat-like features. (laughs) She really did. what we were just trying to say is we wanted to come and say to you guys don't lose your disco don't lose your gay happy feels in the month of pride don't lose your optimism for killing Eve there's no reason for that
0: blame William screw off William don't let him steal your O's
1: (laughs) well don't let him steal Eve's O's because that's what he's trying to do out here in these streets is act like those O's never happened and they happen. I'm going to phase the music out now. But what I'm trying to say is if y'all need to curate your experience for Killing Eve, like block those things and those accounts or those, those articles. Do a blacklist on your Google search or whatever. That's like, don't show me nothing Killing Eve related. And stay within the bubble of the fandom or whatever you prefer to be in to keep your feels the way you want to feel it. I'm not the kind of person that is bothered by articles. I like to know as much information as possible about whatever show I'm interested in. So it doesn't bother me. It's more so like insight. Because there's the creative process, which is what it is. And it hasn't really even started yet for season three. We know that. And then there's what is said in press. And those things do not always align. So we want to say thanks to all you guys who reached out and sent us this article several times. And because saying, you were concerned yeah. and you wanted to hear what we have to say about it. Especially want to give a shout out to a few of y'all who reached out. User Please Return to Villanelle who reached out on the blogosphere. <sighs>
0: Oh, she wrote
1: us. Hey guys, thank you so much for the recent postseason snack bite. I truly appreciate your commitment to keeping the fandom informed of everything Killing Eve related. Your in-depth analysis and expression of all the feels this incredible show invokes. Thank you. You did not leave your legal name, but thank you. They went on to say, I wanted to mention something that you brought up in the snack bite that I thought you would be interested to know if you were not already aware. In the episode, you mentioned the showrunners making a choice to deliberately make certain characters female, and I wanted to validate that notion because I believe you are 100% correct. I'm basing this off of the differences between the book series and the television show. Granted, there are a lot of differences between these two stories, but I think the differences in gender of some of the main characters is worth noting. In the book, Eve's MI6 boss is a man, and both of her MI6 co-spies are also men. Therefore, the choice to make Carolyn a woman was a deliberate deviation from the book, and both Elena and Jess were female characters crafted by the show writers. Additionally, I also believe making Carolyn's boss a woman was also a choice, since this character is not in the book at all, and therefore created solely for the television iteration of this story. It was a missed opportunity for showrunners to not own these choices, but either way, they did create more female characters in comparison to
0: the original story that should be celebrated. I agree. I mean, I don't know why they're being so sly and shy about an agenda that clearly exists by saying, oh, we didn't really set out to do anything extraordinary. Own (laughs) the subversity. But yeah, the show is subversive. It seems like
1: it was intended that way. It was intended to inject more femininity and complexity in three-dimensional
0: roles for women, and they did that. Congrats I mean I Fiona got a
1: whole ass BAFTA off of it I guess good ass shit
0: the only way I could see her wanting to say it's not an agenda is by saying yes it's just women working it's women being women and working and it should not be a big deal so we're not going to treat it like it's a big deal it's like saying how to get away with murder wasn't subversive
1: Viola Davis it was to have an older black woman kind of related to Sandra Oh but you have an older woman she's sexualized she's having sex she's desirable and desired by many She's smart. She's not the typical demure, sweet, kind, maybe type B personality that we see of a lot of women. She's a type A. She's fierce. She's rough. She's scary. She can do stuff. And then they're like, here's another dimension. She's queer. Here are all these things we can stack up and make Annalise Keating a full person. If we're going to lie and say, well, you know, it's just gals being pals on set, you know? And when Cicely Tyson came on, we were just happy to play along. No, 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 no. People working on that show understand that there were certain barriers that it broke. And regardless of whether or not people think it's as fun or as exciting as the first season, when it appeared, for sure, people were like, say what, say what, say what? Like, I mean, what's remember happening? Who's doing the what? The scene with Viola Davis where she takes her fucking wig off in, and she just has makeup, her hair. Yes. And people said that was the first fucking time. The first fucking time you'd seen that on broadcast television with all the black people that be on tv and that's the first time we see it is on how to get away with murder so you cannot you cannot divorce the subversiveness of the show from what we're actually watching because it's happening in real time so please yes. we must own the subversiveness when it appears we must we must because we don't got a bunch of sandra o's running around expressing themselves no no no, no. we had we a bunch of chris's but that's another story that's another story We also got another note from a listener, Red Domain, who sent in saying, Hey there, first of all, love the show. It's so refreshing to listen to a show that takes the time to dive deep into the show. I was listening to your latest episode and I heard the discussion around Aaron's death. I totally agree that it was boring in terms of style, but she actually looks at Aaron the entire time until she goes to move him towards the mirror. I'm trying to find a gift set I saw earlier that showed it and discussed it to share... The post talks about how V finally gets Eve to watch up close. She didn't watch with the ghost and was in the cafe at a distance with the truck scene. If y'all get a chance to rewatch that part, I'd like to know what you think. Again, thank you so much for your labor and putting the show out. Sending tons of positive energy y'all's way. And then she later on sent the gif. And... So we thought, I mean, it seems like in the gift, she ultimately has a quick look at Eve. And that's what it is. We just rewatched the scene.
0: I love Eve's face there. It's, she's searching for the right reaction. Of course, she doesn't She's glitching it. out her own with her faux empathy. Like, yeah. what
1: is the appropriate response? I mean, I still maintain, thank you for sending us that info and that Villanelle does glance at Eve. But I guess what I was talking about, what I was referring to when I wanted to see more of an eye communication between them was a callback to episode, was it six, when Billy oh, threw yeah homegirl under the bus and was staring at Eve the entire time. She was like, watch this. That was interesting. <laughs> but... Or that I mean, so, so that moment really wasn't all about Eve. It wasn't. Because if it was, they would have shot it as such. Instead, it was about other things, about ending Peel, about Villanelle's need to end Peel, because she looked at that life drain. She was like, interested, interested to see it go, which considering all the energy he had for her in the previous days, no matter how many impeccable mom fashions he gave her, she still was like, I'm going to get you, bitch. And I'm going to enjoy getting you. So I understand why they did it that way. I'm just going to be on the side of I wish Aaron Peel's death was more extravagant. And I wish that it was more personal and intimate with Villanelle and Eve. But that could also mean that that type of scene is being saved for down the road. If Eve goes down the the dark Eve path that we want her to go down, then that's something in the future that they will kill again together. And it'll be a, a strong contrast between what we saw this season where... Eve is unsteady. She's unsure. She needs help to get her shit together. And maybe by the time we come to another mutual killing or they're both in the same place as someone's getting dead, that Eve's assuredness, the way she was like, let's go now, Villanelle, which girl, what? Hopefully she'll have that same energy for the murder. Yeah, but it'll be. (laughs) Not just for Villanelle when she's being bitchy, but.
0: But Villanelle will be like, but Eve, I wanted to watch. We don't have time for that. Let's go. (laughs) What, the life dream? No, it'll be Eve committing the kill. Confirming and committing, and the villanelle saying, "But Eve, I wanted to watch." But if the (laughs) if
1: the kill's already dead, doesn't that mean she did? What you
0: mean? No, I think that's why I said
1: the life drain. Because if Eve kills somebody, technically villanelle's already watched because it's happened. Killed would be in the past tense, unless you're like killing. yeah,
0: killing as in season three. The like I don't want to say the episode seven. Because who knows where they're gonna put it? But But how does she not watch?
1: How does she not watch is what I'm asking. Like, what does she not see? Because whether it's a stab, a gunshot, an axe, poison, she has to see it in process if she's there to be like, I want to watch. That's why I'm like, life
0: drain? The life drain? I mean, (laughs) unless she gets caught up with some other bullshit. Like, we don't. We don't. No. How do you
1: kill someone and not watch though? That's what I'm trying to
0: like. <laughs> That's it's what I'm not trying to say. How does that Villanelle's happen? Villanelle's kill. It's Eve's kill. Yeah,
1: but I'm I'm suggesting a scenario where they're back in the same room for whatever reason. Oh, okay. There's someone to die, and I'm saying that I would prefer for the energy to not be uneasy or confused or what's happening, but for Eve to be fully in her dark energy and have that same rudeness she had for Villanelle when she was like, "Let's go for the actual kill." Here, we don't have any relishing. They don't sit in it. They don't, like nothing happens. We move very quickly out of the Aaron Peel situation where with the Raymond situation, there is some resting in the moment. And I suppose maybe that's pacing, although the pacing did feel a little weird for me this episode. I'm just saying the next time there's a dual murder, I do believe they will both be in the same space where a murder happens. Who was responsible for said murder? Maybe it's Eve. Maybe it's both at the same time. But I would just like for her her actual emotional and physical energy to be... Aggressive, not confused, not in a defensive position or unsure position, but an aggressively murderous position.
0: Oh, the rise of
1: Dark Eve. Okay, I like it. It's rising, and that's what I want. Don't give me whack-ass Eve going back to Nico and and Shepherd's Pie she dislikes, because that would be annoying. (laughs) I mean,
0: but she can't. I mean, well, the only way for you to get what you want is for her to try to go back and then to fail, like fall on her face, fail miserably.
1: Fell miserably at what?
0: Trying to get back. At what? At Nico. Like, trying to go back. Like, trying to return to whatever she thought she had. in Nico But she didn't have Nico when she left.
1: So how's she going to have him when she go back? I mean, in that sense, she's just as deluded as Villanelle. Which we said, if she... Oh, I'm going home. You have to be completely on the ridiculous lane because of let's go to Alaska without papers and whatever and just fucking be murder wives. Like, it doesn't make any sense, girl on top of you were like, I hope you like missionary. You created a really rude scene in Gemma's house. Oh, you did. that, I hope you'll be happy together. Like those are some, those are some finality words. You know what I'm saying? Like you could see each other in the grocery market and be like, oh, hey, but really it's already done. I hope and realistically, I'm like, Nico don't love himself if he goes back with Eve because there's no verifiable reason why he should get back with Eve. She's treated him like shit. She's completely ignored him. She's only hopped on his knob for Proxy. And then she talked that shit about his perky friend who he was inappropriately staying with. You definitely weren't, Nico. That was definitely inappropriate. However, that was his work wife, which means she was a good friend. And so how do you, if we're going to suggest that Eve was fucked up off Bill and Eve don't barely got no empathy, what about Nico who's supposed to be a normal? who, yeah, he wasn't trying to get with Gemma at that moment, but I'm quite sure he cared for her a, a great deal.
0: Yeah, so. he uh, unfortunately admitted to Gemma being uh, not someone he was in love with, and he chose his wife over her, and that's why she's dead. But yes, the what happens to the neurotypical when they lose someone close to them, like their work wife?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just don't think there's any place for Eve to return. And that would be the extraordinary writing in me having to stretch my imagination is to think that Nico would somehow be like, yes, Eve, I'll take you back. That relationship can't work. At the very best, it could maybe work with therapy. But we all know Eve doesn't listen to anyone. She's going to go to a couple therapist like, yeah, the fuck right. That's not happening. No, it's not. And she hasn't figured her own shit out. So, no, you need to leave Nico alone. Let him try to go be healthy and free. You want to be fucked up and your little fucked up murder life? Then that's you, Eve. Stop obligating other people into your shitty fucking circle whose lives you destroy. You got mad bodies, Eve. Mad she
0: bodies. Does. And you
1: know what other bodies you could give her? All the bodies Villanelle is going to drop because that bitch broke her feelings. She was like, you broke my heart. You hurt the one piece of feeling I got. And so now I'm about to, I'm about to murk nine people real quick. And that's Eve. That's her fault. She didn't care. But she don't care about nobody that's not herself, so am I shocked? No. (laughs) We also had a message from one of our fave listeners, Kiko Blue, who who was saying hi and also had a curious note about what we were discussing in the last snack bite about psychology sociopathy psychopathic traits and all that stuff and yes and she wrote in that her wifey is a psychotherapist and that they have several psychiatrist friends and they've asked them what the difference is between psychopathy and sociopathy and they say the differences are minor and basically academic which makes sense for a lot of stuff we've read and that in real life wouldn't make much of a difference thus the interchangeability of the terms Also that Villanelle exhibits an antisocial personality disorder and narcissistic personality disorder with many psychopathic traits, but it certainly doesn't stop the hoe from having feelings. It sure does it. It don't. It's not that psychopaths don't have feelings. It's that they have a deficit of empathy compared to others like motherfucking Trump. Well, girl, you ain't said none but a word. Oh, so she mentions about the hours and enjoying our comparison to the situation with Villanelle and that she'll miss the pod so much. And that hope we can do an episode or two during the hiatus. Um, <laughs> look at, the- <laughs> no, look Mr. at this. <laughs> We got problems. We got problems. We don't know when to say no. Mm-hmm. And here we are. But thank you so much for writing in again. We love getting your notes from you and Wifey. So yay. Well, folks, I think that wraps up our article coverage
0: for this snack bite. Uh, yeah, so uh, if you see any other murmurings down the tubes, don't be afraid to Well, take a deep breath and yeah. then send us to That the too. Link because it's probably going to be okay. Yeah, more than likely. If you'd love to hear what we think about what you're seeing out in the interwebs. Literally, both of these women have
1: talked nonstop about the relationship, the relationship, the romance, the relationship. How could it work? It's kind of impossible. The issue is, how do we make it work? How do we make it work, though? There's attraction. It's sexual. It's obvious. So, yeah, guys. Don't let the Williams of the world. That was his name, right? (laughs) Yeah. Do not let the Williams of the world
0: gaslight you out of your favorite ship. That's not cool. Uh, But if you find such a, gaslighter um you can send him I guess our ad and we could you know and pu- have him pull up have a nice little low chat little conversation um, Little chit chat right you can get him to get at us at hey you guys at whoa I'm ready for the smoke and you already know we're at Instagram at who Villanel uh we're at Tumblr is also uh tumblr.com slash wall villanel our uh Twitter is well villanel that is most of our things so yes do us a big favor guys and just kind of take a deep breath and just enjoy all of what june has to offer uh don't uh fall into the trap of arguing online if you need someone to argue for on behalf of your fandom i mean chances are i ain't gonna better do i'm more than likely will be at work but i i will pick up my phone and have your back i will that's that's i'm not afraid to do that also you
1: if you guys haven't seen kirby howell baptiste lately we just want to say that she's doing fine and looking yeah, great. That and we want Elena back. <laughs> right, <laughs> That her melanin is poppy. Her skin good. is glowing. She looks great. Her hair is laid. Her edges are impressive yes. and wonderful. And I'm just mad at America for stealing her. But obviously I have to say that, well, we'd be writing better checks. And she deserves everything in the world. So I hope she just explodes. Like you said, she was on that list of top 10 Brits to watch or whatever. Yeah. I, I agree with that. She's funny. She's cute. She's talented. She's talented. She's, <laughs> She's super chops. talented. She's really got the chops. And wow, Killing Eve, you guys fucked up not locking that bitch into a fucking contract. Mostly for me. You fucked up for me and every other fan that misses Elena. But you know, the few fics that people were sending me to read, I never see Jess. <laughs> <laughs> because they're Jess like, is check out away this fic, with Candace. the baby. No, it's because Jess doesn't exist to the fic writers. Like, wow. Elena is in the story elena has more of a personality and elena was actually someone who knew eve and who eve liked <laughs> oh my god i
0: love it i love it. we the... miss
1: you elena we that's do. all we trying to say that's all we are trying we to do. say
0: so if there is no other new business until we see more of you in the headlines here's helping you get killed by a woman and remember that villanelle is queer as fuck and that's never changed bitches. it's gonna be right. it's gonna be eight. bye
1: Totally murder.